0: Here at Adapt Nation, we're all about helping you pragmatically improve and optimize your health, strength, and mindset inside and out. In this episode of Adapt Nation, episode number seven, Bryn and I get started by talking about our recent uh, non work trip um, to a comedy store in central London a few days ago, which was great. 10 comedians hilarious and funny anecdotes that we'll share. Um, We then speak about Bryn's 2018 body goals. He's an ectomorph, he's a hard gainer, uh, but he's also a PT, so he knows what to do, uh, but has struggled to build the size and frame that uh, he has always desired. So this year he's gonna take it seriously and he's gonna deploy all the, the things he knows he should be doing. And we speak about that for a few minutes. We then get on to the topic of today, which is related which is specifically getting started in the gym in a purposeful way if your goal is to build a bigger, leaner, and stronger body. So we'll cover off three underlying pillars of success that are as important for a newbie uh, as they are an advanced bodybuilder. And those three pillars are fueling your body for growth, getting enough calories and protein in your body to sustain growth, Number two, to lift heavy shit, to lift heavy weights doing compound lifting. And thirdly, to appreciate and respect the need to rest and recover for your ability to grow when you're not in the gym. It's a great discussion. It's really informative. It lasts about an hour. I would recommend if you're really interested in getting started, you might want to listen to this a couple of times. Um, we do hope you enjoy this and if you've got any questions or there's detail that we haven't got through to yet, ping us a note um, or get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook and we'll happily deeper dive in a subsequent episode. Thank you guys. So, uh, did you enjoy last night? The comedy comedy show? Yeah. It was great, man. It was great for a couple of reasons. You and I just spending some time not talking about work for five seconds. Yeah. That was great. Not being in gym gear, yeah. Exactly, exactly, and have a couple of glasses of wine. Awesome. That's nice. Um, but it was good, right? It was. Um. It was at. It was in Soho. Mm-hmm. It was by Joe. who was yep. on last week. Um, and his wife, who's his agent, and they put together. Was it ten acts? Five yeah, minute. Kind think, of Quick fire. Yeah, I love that because it was just on and off, on and off,
1: and um, yeah, just hoping not to get picked out as well, which I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just wanted to curl up and die because uh, you were getting hit on by a yeah. two-year-old, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a big, uh, big pants. Whenever you go in a comedy club, though, it's like don't get the front row. Because oh, no. you know that's the worst place to be. And we were second to the front
0: row. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew we were going to yeah. get picked on, and you were right in the center of it. <laughs> no, it was no. definitely going to happen. I was
1: right in uh, their eye eye line, <laughs> yeah. and I was going, oh, "God, not, it's a matter of time." And they, it got to about halfway, and then she looked straight at me, and I was like. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you handled yourself well, though.
0: Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I don't think you kind of like, you didn't close up or clam up. You, you, you were, engaged. I was pretty composed, yeah. Everybody's um, back, so. My best bits, you can tell me, best bits for me were, maybe unbiased, but I thought Joe as his character, Jessica yeah. Cromwell-Jones, that his posh brilliant. character, was just <laughs> excellent. So engaging, lots of people laughing. Yeah. It's basically a, a piss take on the uber posh you know, going to private school and the way he speaks and stuff. I just thought it was hilarious. Is he?
1: Is it? Was he posh himself? He
0: definitely come from a, a posh background. He's very good at doing the accent. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, he's, he's got some uh, case studies. To watch <laughs> from. Do you know what yeah. I mean? but he's not posh himself, right?
1: No, yeah. he didn't seem to come across that way. But um, yeah, I was quite surprised when he put an accent at the end. But that was that was probably one of the best acts. I think um, I can't remember his name, but there's another act, and he he kept stopping and making it really awkward, almost as if he was forgetting his lines or trying to think about the next thing. Kojo. Yeah, and he was—he he, was—he didn't forget anything. It was just the fact that he was really building this, you know, this envir- um, sort of atmosphere, and it made it really awkward. But he would just come out with the most funny things, and I thought he was probably one of the best. Well. Going go to comedy gigs,
0: great. Um, that, that other bit that um, sticks out with was um, the lady, uh, I know her first name was Karis, I can't remember her surname, um, as the lady was hitting on you. And she was talking about being in the gym, and I just related it back to our line of work, being in the gym and she passed over what looked like just a little kind of curved bit of plastic and she had people kind of pass it over across the room. Did you have an idea of what it was? I kind of thought it might yeah. have been what it was. And it it, yeah, it looked like a panty liner, <laughs> but a hard one. Yeah. So anyway, so people are touching it. And, you know, she then asked someone to smell it, <laughs> didn't she? <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, yeah, so that, my friend, is a camel toe... Not a camel protector. Something to That's hide your camel toe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you slip it down your knickers and it gets rid of any obvious camel toe you may have when you're wearing your, your tight yoga problem. pants. <laughs> 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 um, quick tip. If you go to a comedy club, don't
1: sigh when they ask you a question. Because one of the guys in the crowd, he, whenever they spoke to him, he would sigh like, oh, he, he didn't want to be talked to. And they just absolutely... Latched kind of onto it. Yeah, yeah, they're
0: like, right... You don't want to talk, we're now going to get you. Yeah, exactly. It was good fun though, man. I I also noticed, noticed something. I, I, I know we spoke about this. Mm. Um, and Joe spoke about this last week when we were interviewing him. Was, you know, do, gigging, mm. comedy gigging is just a high demand, right? There's lots of travel. It's typically nocturnal. It's in the evening. Um, it's away from your family and your kind of like standard kind of wind down practice every evening right you're out mm. and then you're usually at bars and pubs so then afterwards you're then you know you're drinking beers and you're eating food it's pretty hard to maintain and control like yeah. a healthy optimal lifestyle when you've got that kind of gig and it kind of expressed itself through the body shapes of the the comedians and, yeah, and you, you know it's tell. not not trying to be derogatory but you either had really really skinny guys that you know clearly you know, didn't preference going mm. to the gym or anything, and you know ectomorphine style, but pretty skinny. Or you had people that just carrying maybe a little bit too much timber that you could see was that you could see it was their lifestyle. It's just yeah, hit, on the road being road warriors and eating convenience food just to it's, keep
1: going. Yeah, it's your environment as well, isn't it? Because all the others there last night were having a drink, and I could imagine that's what they do pretty much every time. Is it, it you know the gig was quite late as well, and everyone's got to travel back. So, I suppose, like you say, it's just being on the road and having the environment of other people around you doing it. So, I can imagine it's quite difficult. Quite difficult. Just sort of, you know, stay
0: in shape. It was just, it was just interesting seeing that. And then and I think we reflected going, you know, as we think through all the comics that might be hitting the TV these days, mm. is very, very few where you'd say, actually, that person looks healthy. Not even, yeah. not, not necessarily has a physique of, yeah. of, of, of any kind of. Um, uh, you know of any attraction it's more around do they look healthy And most most comics mm. they look a little bit either beaten up or just a little bit out I of see shape i what you mean yeah i
1: think the only because the only two i can think of is kevin hart do you know kevin hart yeah 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 he's he's quite big into gym and american guy yeah yeah yeah, short american yeah he's guy, brilliant usually yeah. doing stuff with the Rock, um and uh, russell, uh, russell howard russell howard yes. so I think he was actually really skinny before, but now you can see he's starting to put on a little bit of size. So he's obviously training. He's got, he's got he has got it's got a lot of time in his hands in in yeah. the day, right? So yeah. he's hitting the
0: gym, which is which is great. All or yeah. for him, eh? man.
1: Um, but I just uh, you know, let's like say it's the environment and whatnot. So um, I can imagine it's just so hard for him to, to
0: do a bit. Um, I need I need my I need my regime of yeah. like wake up at this time, go to sleep at this time, wind down at that time. You know. I take the gym seriously, so mm. therefore my, my, my life is somewhat, it's not managed around it, but it it, it, for, it fortunately works with it, right? Yeah. I know if I was out three to five times a night doing a job, it would be difficult to have the, just have the emphasis and the motivation mm. To kill it in the gym and do it five times a week, it would just be really tough.
1: Yeah, I think, I do wonder how how much easier it is for someone like me and you that's got the lifestyle we have, because it's almost set up for us to to lead a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Now, I know that's not by accident, right? But
0: I think that... Think about doctors and nurses, for example. They, sh- yeah, they struggle. Must be so hard. Because you're doing those night shift hours, yeah. right? And then... You know, you're, you're sleeping, you're, you're sleeping when people are awake mm. and you're trying to get your shit together ready for another long, stressful shift. Yeah, so, you know, vocations definitely play a role and I, I sympathise for that. And last night I could kind of see that. Yeah. But let's talk about... We're, we're, what Today we're actually going to talk about, you know, getting started mm-hmm. around, um, you know, developing size, if that's your goal, putting yeah. muscle on your frame. But why don't we actually... Start right from personally with you. Yeah. So you and I have spoken about our body goals on our website. Yeah. Around what we want to achieve in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah. Where are you at? What type of frame are you? How how successful have you been at pursuing your goals today? And what why is twenty eighteen different? So, I mean, if if you've not read the blog or seen
1: any pictures of me, um, firstly I'm what we call an ectomorph, so naturally. Or what we call a hard gainer, skinny wrists, skinny ankles, um, naturally quite fidgety, burns a lot of energy, so therefore struggles to put on size. Um, not naturally, not naturally strong either. Um, although I'm, I'm 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 not bad for my weight, I do struggle with strength training. Um, now, when I started training, I used to. I used to sort of sit on the fence, and I used to try and sort of be good at Olympic lifting. I used to be, you know, I wanted to build a really good physique and put on size, but I also used to want to get really strong, but I used to want to play football, and I just wanted to be good at everything Mm -hmm. and try and do too much. So I think that's where I went wrong sort of at the beginning of sort of my training and my journey, whereas now, I'm now getting a little bit more... When you say now, you mean really 2018 has been
0: like a penny penny dropping moment for you, right? Yeah,
1: and I've gone, look, I just need to focus on one thing. And if I want to move into something else, I can, but I'll have to do that at a late stage. But let's kind of almost specialise in one area. And that area for me right now is, I don't really want to call it bodybuilding as such because I don't want to do competitions and shows, but I just want to get bigger You know, put muscle my frame, Um, and as an ectomorph, this is obviously you know quite a a difficult task. Um, Not saying I've got it hard or harder than anyone else. We've all got to be disciplined and you know apply the same principles. But I, I'm in this journey right now, and that's my goal, and that's where I'm going. Um, And today we're obviously covering the sort of basic principles that anyone can apply that's looking to obviously get a little bit leaner or, or same as me, put on a bit of size, um, like what I'm trying to do right now, which we're going to obviously cover off three of the main pillars. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So let's do that. And I think your your case in point is interesting for a couple of reasons, Bryn. Mm-hmm. One, you know, when you're a PT, so you do know all the right things to do. <laughs> I know what to do, yeah. You know what to do, but... Your body shape isn't where you want it to be, mm. and that's not because you're naive or you've been telling people the wrong things. Yeah, it's just really if you're honest with yourself, you've not had that level of discipline mm. to focus on activities to support your goal and only your goal. Yeah, you've wanted to, as you say, wanted to try and do many different things, yeah, and at the same time, you struggle to get enough food in.
1: That, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing is getting enough calories in. Yeah. So although I would say I'm in shape, but I'm not in great Absolutely shape. Absolutely you're in shape. As, as a personal trainer, you know, I, I you don't have to be in amazing shape to be a personal trainer. You just got to know what you're talking about. But I kind of want to, you know, walk the talk and really kind of change my body. And I'm putting myself through this so I can really get to understand the the core principles uh, and how other people struggle and how they apply it to their own life, because until you've done it, it's yes. quite hard. To and everybody's every, everybody's body is different. Yeah.
0: Every uh, everybody's um, uh, whether it be their appetite, whether it be their you know their genetic predisposition to be yeah. strong, whether it be their bias towards wanting to do more explosive work. All of these things, you know, they meld together to become. Yeah. Um, how easy or difficult it is for you to work through this journey. But do you know what? The principles are the same. It's just you've got to keep discipline towards those principles. Exactly. So the reason we chose this subject in particular, which is getting started on developing a bigger and stronger and leaner body, is that we've got a few questions in about our hyper workouts. For those who haven't seen those, they're 60-second video clips of uh, us in the gym doing a, a workout. And the workouts form part of the program, mm. and those programs run four to eight weeks. So every month you'll see another five set of videos showing the workouts we're doing. Yeah, they weren't very descriptive by design, so they weren't explaining all the details of how much weight, how much reps, how many, how many sets, how much rest period, the why behind you. Do just it. a snippet, isn't it? Just just a, a snippet. We'll build we that, build that detail. But we were going to cover that today. Only to then realise that as we mm-hmm. started unpacking it in preparation, I'm on quite an optimised program right now. Yeah. Right. I've been training all my life, but I've been training deliberately with the view of getting getting size for the last year. So we're now at a point where we're we're optimising and tweaking. We're turning dials fractionally to elicit yeah changes in my body. Yeah. Because I've gone past the newbie gains. And um, it'd be unfair and we would lose people for those who are just getting started to talk about my highly configured program based Mm. on where I am today. Yeah. So instead, we're going to talk about getting started. And really, this, what we're about to say, can take you for at least a year. Actually, I would say these principles are principles you will live and die with. Lifestyle. In regards to developing your body. But there will be some tweaks to make it more optimal. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and, and you've got to remember, guys, as well, that we're currently going through this at the moment. Although we're making these little tweaks, there's still these big rocks, these big pillars that we're, you know, like myself, I'm struggling to get in enough calories. So, you know, I'm just looking at ways and figuring out how I can do that. So yeah. we're obviously, at the moment,
0: going through it ourselves. So, Agreed. All right? Agreed. Right, so the three pillars are for getting started and getting uh, bigger and leaner are fueling your body for growth, number one number two lifting heavy shit (laughs) via compound lifting oh yeah and the third uh, is rest and recovery so we're going to hit those and we're going to hit them pretty quickly we're just going to give you the detail versus um, all of the specifics as to the why behind these recommendations trust us Uh, We've both seen it ourselves and all the clients we've worked with. I will just caveat this, though. The primary focus in what we're about to tell you is someone who has arrived at the decision they want to build muscle mass on their frame. They want to put extra muscle onto their body. If that's your goal, but you are starting at um, a heavier body fat Mm -hmm. weight than you want, maybe... 20, 25%, you know, you can pinch a whole bunch yes. of fat. If you're already your there mind. where you know really you need to lose weight as well, mm-hmm. you need to understand the principle of growing your body. You can't you you can't um, put on muscle and lose weight, or at least not in a sustainable way. It has to be you, you're putting weight on, which is a combination of muscle and fat, mm-hmm. or you're losing weight, which will be a combination of muscle and fat. Yeah. So if you know that... You, you're holding a bit too much timber, I would focus initially on going on a cut, which is a, uh, eating less calories than your body needs for a short period of time, get your body at the kind of fat percentage that you feel comfortable with, and then listen to everything we're about to say and focus on the calorie surplus. But don't start here because if you start with what we're about to say around the calories, you'll end up putting on some muscle, but putting on extra fat, and that's going to be so much harder to lose if you keep piling on the pounds of fat. Yeah, like I said, if you're already at 20% or 25%, and
1: like you just said, if you're trying to put on muscle, you're just going to add more fat to your frame when you're already at quite a high percent already. So I think it's quite an important point that you need to do one or the other. So rather than trying to do both, you want to either go on a cut and drop your body fat down if you think it's too high at your starting point, or if your starting point is like me, where you haven't got much body fat, but you haven't got as much muscle as you want, then obviously you want to take these principles and- And just run with it. Run with it,
0: exactly. Okay, so there's three pillars again, fuel for growth, heavy compound lifting and rest and recovery. Bryn, let's go with the first, which is fueling for growth, purposefully ensuring you get enough energy into your body to elicit growth. Yeah. Where do we start? Well, the first
1: and the most important thing really is calories, right? So your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. So that's um, obviously looking at your calories, your, the calories that you burn in a day. How many calories are you burning? Picking up the kids, running around, um, cleaning the house, going to the gym, just being alive. It, this is accounting for every bit of energy that you burn in the day. Once you've figured that out, then we look at, if you're on a cut, then obviously we need to look at getting your calories below that. If you're obviously looking to build muscle and get a little bit bigger, then obviously we need to get you slightly over that, right? So, right on. like you said, if you're starting at 20% body fat and you're like, okay, I wanna put on more muscle, it might be worth you going, well actually, let's spend a few weeks, or a few months, just getting below my TDEE um, just to make sure I can drop the body fat down, and then you can reverse that and then go into obviously a calorie surplus to
0: obviously start building muscle Agreed. on top of it. But working out and lifting weights is still something you should do, even if you're in the deficit. But let's keep on the the idea of growth, right? So, TDE, let's just kind of de science that. Um, what that basically means is the maintenance calories how many calories your body needs to operate with all the activity you do in in, in that day. day you day. can go online and look either search for T-D-E-E, or you can search for maintenance calorie calculators, or anything along that line, and basically you put in a couple of parameters around your height and your current weight, if possible, your body fat percentage, and it will give you a guide, uh, a range, a fairly narrow range of what uh, the the algorithms suggest you're gonna burn in a given day. It's not perfect, everybody's body is different, and they've got different hormonal balances, they haven't been precise with the detail, they've provided the equation. But generally, this is a good place to start, and it's probably within 10 or 15% accurate. So you get your maintenance calories, or your TDE, we then recommend you put on 15 to 20% Mm -hmm. extra calories, and that's now going to be your calorie target that you want to hit every single day. So for me, for example, um, my calorie target is three thousand five hundred calories a day <clears throat> to maintain. I'm I'm about three one, three two. So mm-hmm. it's a very mild surplus of only three to four hundred calories per day. It's not a lot. I could be more aggressive. Yeah. But I'm very, um, very much in the camp of staying as lean as possible. So I want as many of those extra calories to go towards muscle growth, and I'm going to do everything I can to try and minimise the the fat increase at the same time. I can't stop yeah. it, but if you go for a mild surplus, you're going to hold back the body's desire to start storing that as fat. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like say, so if you go too aggressive, you're just going to you're going to put on too much body fat with that muscle. So um, it's not it's not as much as we think, is it? Either the calorie surplus we need to be in. Um, so. Find out your starting point, obviously work out, you know, 15, 20% on top of that. Now, just just bear in mind that it is a starting point because I think mine said I need to be in around 3,000 calories in order to put on weight where actually I need to be more 3,500 calories. Actually, you know, some days I need even more than that mm. because I've tried eating around 3,000, 3,200, 300. And only then I start to see a change. And the and you, know, start to you
0: change. know why that is. It's because your your daily schedule is full of lots of movement. Yeah. So you might not be training, but you're training others all day long. So I don't think these calculators um, fully understand and are account, accounting for your level mm. of needs, your yeah. uh, extra movement per day. So absolutely, as you've rightly said, you take what the calculator says and you run with that. If the weighing scales are not moving in the right direction, mm. just amp it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, let's hit the next one. So after mm. calorie goal, tar- getting your calorie target set, which mm. we've just described, the next is focusing on your macros. Yeah, very important.
1: Um, one of the biggest thing, well, actually, let's talk about what macros are. So you've got your protein, your fat, and your carbs. So once we've balanced out and we figured out what your calories are then within those calories the protein fat and carbs obviously equate to the total number of calories that you eat Um, one of the most important things especially when putting on size you want to look at building muscle so we need to look at are you eating enough protein to begin with for the real beginners i wouldn't worry too much about what your fat and your carb intake is too much um, I would focus mostly on getting in enough protein. Do I think you that's fair. Yeah,
0: no, no, I would, I would agree. And the guidance is um, pretty simple. Yeah. Take your body weight in pounds. So for me, I'm about 188 pounds at the moment. And you times that either by one, so that's simple, it's 188, or you times None. it by 1.2. So in that yeah. range of 1 to 1.2 times your body weight in pounds, will equate to the number of grams of protein you should be targeting to consume within your calorie budget. Yeah. So for me, I have between 190 and 220 grams of protein per day. Yeah, And then as you say, I care less about the distribution of fats and carbs. But, and this is an important but, fats are critical to, to um, uh, feeling full, um, enjoying your food, but most importantly, fats are important for cell production and hormonal balance. If yeah. you have too few fats in your body and you go for an extremely low fat diet, one, you're gonna to struggle to get a, the, the amount of calories in. Yeah. You're just gonna struggle. <clears throat> and two, uh, you'll find that your, your hormones will start um, fluctuating you'll get moody or you can get frustrated because yeah. fats are critical for hormone production. So please don't think fats are bad. Fats are, are proven. Fats are very good for you, yeah. especially the healthy fats that you get from like avocados yeah. and olive oil and, um, you know, certain kind of lean meats. So get your fats in. But as Bryn says, protein takes up 1 to 1.2 grams of your body weight. And for every gram of protein, it's four calories. So do the math. It will tell you how many calories you consuming protein, Mm -hmm. the rest of it get from whatever foods you can get your hand on. Right now, we're not focusing on optimal health, we're not focused on those minor increases of nutritional benefit. Right now we just wanna make sure you hit your calories, so get them wherever you want. Now try and have whole foods, try and have foods that you know are good for you, don't have as many of the the sweets and the, the packaged crap that you know you know deep down is shit try and avoid those but at the same time you need to hit your calorie budget so if at the end of the day you're still 500 short that 500 is the difference between you losing weight that day yeah. and you gaining weight that day you need to find the calories so if you're in a, in a pickle go and grab yourself some chocolate that's fine fill the gap with as many calories as you need to hit your budget and we'll work on improving your diet as we move through this process. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen people go on what's called a dirty bulk. So
1: they're trying to obviously put on weight, put on size, and they're doing it through sort of, you know, dirty bulk means eating... Eating whatever they want. Whatever they want. Um, the the seafood diet that yeah. I see and I'll eat it. So just try and avoid that approach. Um, Obviously, we're not talking about optimal health today, like you said, but you do want to keep that in the back of your mind, don't you, when you're trying to obviously build your... Build your frame.
0: Exactly. But get the calories in. Yeah. So so we've spoken about understanding your calorie budget for growth. We've spoken about the importance of protein and how that's the the, the foundational macro. And then you build in the fats and carbs to give you the energy and the the kind of balance. But none of that makes any sense unless you know how to compute what you are consuming. So you must measure and you must track. Now, I know that sounds daunting, and mm. it sounds anal, and it sounds overly administrative. Trust me, it's not that difficult, and it's absolutely critical, because if you do not know what's in the food you're eating, we've just wasted our time telling you about maintenance calories, because mm. you won't have a clue if you're hitting them or not, and if you you haven't got a big appetite, you're almost definitely going to be eating less than you think. Yeah. And if you're a foodie like me, you're probably going to be eating more than you think. You need to know what's in your food.
1: Well, I've I've made that mistake myself. I've definitely... Well, I thought I was eating more than I actually was until I tracked and then I (laughs) realised, actually... Because when you eat a relatively healthy diet, then you look at your calories and the food you're eating are low in calories. So therefore... Your, your overall calories on that day are low, so I would track my calories and go. Oh, actually, I'm only eating two and a half thousand calories. I thought I was eating three, three and a half. Because so, I was getting the volume in. Yeah, I was getting the volume in, but
0: I was having loads of lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Get laughs> it's so,
1: so important that you tra- yes. so important that you track. This puts a lot of people off when it comes to the tracking, because this is the 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 monotonous, tedious bit. But it's got to be done. You can't control what you don't measure
0: at the end of the day. But let's make it simple. It really is simple. I've been tracking. I'm maybe I'm predisposed to being okay with this but I've been tracking for the last year. I could actually stop doing it now. I kind of know what's in my food but it just gives me that level of comfort that I've got precision in my in my activity. Yeah. but tracking is simple. what is it? two things get yourself an app on your phone um, my net diary or um, is it fit my, my 12, pound? Yeah. those two apps they've got a huge catalog of food so you can even scan the packages of your food. Um, the barcodes, or you, um, you just type in the type of food you're eating, and they're all there. You just select it, and it asks, what's the portion size? Either servings, or number of, or grams. Mm. And if it's grams, you're gonna need a weighing scale. Get one of those cheap, little thin weighing scales you can have in your that kitchen for like 10 quid, and just weigh your food. It doesn't take much, it doesn't, it doesn't really get in the way, and it helps you start to understand in time oh, I'm having a sweet potato, it's 350 grams, that's about 300 calories. I know that now because yeah. I've done this a few times. I start to eyeball it, yeah. Definitely. It's really simple, so it's an app on your phone, it's got a database of everything, you scan stuff or you just fill it in uh, and have a weighing scale. There are the two things we ask you to do, at least for the first few weeks so you can get familiar with what you're eating.
1: Exactly, yeah, totally agree. And um, I suppose that kind of moves us on to the next sort of thing where we need to track our own body and what it's doing. So we know whether, well, going back to calories, are we eating enough? Yes or no? Because we'll know when we stand on the scales, are we putting on weight? Yes. Or, you know, are we increasing the girth of our arms? You know, we got to
0: measure our own bodies in order to know what's happening. So... but as a minimum, just weighing scales, right? So if yeah. you're just doing weighing scales every other day and then averaging it out yeah. over a course of the couple of weeks, yeah. is the, are the weighing scales going up? Yeah. If they're going up we're winning. If they're going up too fast, maybe something's going wrong here because they shouldn't be going up more than a a couple of pounds max per week. If you're going over two pounds of weight per week, now it's going to undulate. Some days you can be five pounds lighter just because of what you've eaten, Yeah. but there's no extra calories, it's just the amount of salt or so water you're holding. So you do fluctuate a lot, so don't be scared day to day. But over the course of the week or period of a couple of weeks, is the trend going up yeah, that average, may even kill like one to two pounds a week? Yeah, you got to keep
1: an eye on the average because there's all sorts of things that we've got to take into account. Scales are so inaccurate at telling you exactly what's happening. Yeah. But saying that, if you average it out, then at least you know whether you're going down or up or just staying where you are. You're looking for a trend
0: line which is slowly going up and to the right. If that's yeah. happening, then you're clearly eating enough food. Um, there are other means of measurement but we're... For now, I don't think it's important. You can measure, you can get a tape measure and measure yeah. your arms and your chest and your legs. And um, if you're interested, do it. It's a good, very measurable way of seeing if the progress that you want, which is, you know, either bigger arms or bigger legs or bigger chest, is happening. So that's great. You can do it if you're interested. And there's also body calipers, fat calipers, so you can measure yeah. your body fat percentage, but they're not essential. The weighing scales are. A good enough measure. This what I predominantly use. Yeah. I weigh. I measure my body. You know, limbs. Maybe once every couple months. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, just to look, get a bit more of in depth look. Yeah. Okay. So we've covered most of the stuff for the fuel in your body for growth. We're just going to hit you with some really quick tips as it relates to this part, and then we're going to move on to the second piece. Yeah. So the tips are, um, I've got a couple in my mind, and then Bryn, if there's anything that you could yep. think to flesh that out. Um, I, I often get asked, how many protein shakes a day should I have? Yeah, it's a big one. And I laugh because I know the answer, but I can understand why people think that. People look at protein shakes and think they're essential to building body uh, mass, to building muscle. They're not essential. What's essential is you're getting enough calories, you're having more calories than you're burning, and you're getting enough protein. If you can get that protein and those calories from the food that you eat, you know, your chicken and your red meats and, um, you know, the some of the, the, some of the foods that you, you would normally consume. Great. Yeah. If you can't get that number easily with the food you are consuming, then you supplement with protein to get to that number. That 190 grams of protein, whatever it is, that's what you're using it for. The protein shake by itself doesn't do anything extra. It's no magic pill. It's purely to fill the gaps. Or it's a convenience factor. Yeah. So a lot of people, you'll see a lot of people, they might have a shake before they work out or they may have a shake after they work out. They, it's just a quick, easy way to get your protein in. You can get 25 grams of protein in, Done. in a drink that takes two seconds. You haven't filled your belly up and you're good to go and you can work out proper. So yeah. so my answer is, you probably will need one protein shake a day, maybe two, just for that convenience factor and to fill the gaps in the overall um amount of protein you need to eat but if you can get to your protein intake without protein shakes you don't need them yeah So be clear you don't need them so if you have the gaps second one uh, for me is creatine so i'm not going to go into the detail of creatine i know it sounds like a big bro bodybuilder type kind of steroidy supplement it isn't it's a naturally occurring substance in your body your body already has it in it but typically most people are deficient of creatine stores and creatine is critical for um, providing energy into your muscles to contract and it also helps with generally filling you out but in a positive way both men and women so I would go look at our blog there was an article written specifically on creatine the why for it across all populations and sizes and goals I believe everyone should be supplemented with creatine it's cheap it's taste it's tasteless so you can put it into a drink you wouldn't even know it's there and it helps build up the critical energy of creatine in your body so you can work out properly. Yeah, totally. What else have you got? Um, I would
1: probably say that your pre and post workout meals are quite important. Now, everyone's different because I like training personally on a full stomach. And I don't mean stuffing myself just before, but I can quite happily eat probably about a meal about 45 minutes before. Okay. And I feel good in the gym and that gives me energy. If I don't, I tend to feel a little bit more empty, a little bit more tired. Um, and then obviously after my meal, I will always make sure that I get in some form of protein and some form of carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because protein obviously helps with rebuilding, it's your building blocks after you've broken all your muscle down. Um, carbohydrates help to replenish your muscles. Help to draw that um, glycogen, that that uh, I just call it the energy back into your muscle. Well, they spike so, insulin, and the insulin yeah. transports the protein to the muscle. Exactly. So, so the carb helps that. Up, definitely. Um, but going back to my point originally, everyone's different with the pre-workout meal because some people like training on an empty
0: stomach. Yeah. What about you? Um, I I actually. Do both. Sometimes I train fasted. That means I train without any food at all. That's typically when I'm cutting. So it's typically when I'm trying. I'm training exactly as I. I, We're going to describe now. But my goal is to lose some body fat. Yeah. Uh, But otherwise, if I'm training for growth, I need energy. And as we're about to describe, the workouts that you want to be doing are fairly demanding and taxing on your body. The last thing you want to do is go into the gym and not have the energy to perform. So getting enough food up front, it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, I I have a banana, I have a protein shake, uh, I do have a pre-workout supplement, I'll describe that in a second, uh, and I might have some honey or something. I'm just trying to load up a bit of glucose so I've got the energy to burn quickly and I'm getting a bit of protein in me because I I, I I train first thing in the morning and I want to replenish my stores. Yeah. But beyond that, that's enough for me to go hit the gym. Yeah, and and what you said there as well, it's quite light as well, isn't
1: it? It's not. You're not having anything heavy. You're not. You know. No, if I had a big voluminous meal and a steak or no, something like that, I'm them. just getting away, man. Yeah, exactly. So then
0: I did speak about pre-workout, pre-workout supplements. Um, I keep it really dead simple. Have some caffeine. So you can either have like a. a, a coffee or if that feels like too much or you don't have the calories associated with Mm the milk have caffeine tablets you can get them in a big batch 200 milligrams a tablet take one of those tablets it's a stimulant gets you going and gets you fired up to start performing in the gym quickly so you can have it 20 minutes before you get going if you want to be a bit more a bit more um Put a little bit more effort into you know getting all the right chemicals in your body beforehand, you can go for any of these pre workouts, which will contain a whole bunch of other stuff. Their goal is to stimulate your body to work effectively. Yeah.
1: I think it might
0: be worth us actually doing a blog on pre workouts, actually. Yeah, less, yeah, we won't, won't go, go be, into it now. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's it. The only last <laughs> yeah. thing on the fuel for growth is um, your body's gonna the whole purpose of going to the gym is that. You grow, but actually what happens in the gym is you're, you're, you're breaking the muscles down yeah. and then there's a period of recovery where you build them back up. So from a food perspective, eating enough calories is important to get that recovery in. If you don't have enough calories, you cannot be anabolic. You cannot grow and develop yeah. new muscle fibres. But I found that there's a supplement that really helps and it's something called ZMAs. Now, this doesn't bring calories. What this brings is some minerals, zinc and magnesium specifically, mm-hmm. and a vitamin called vitamin B6. That trio, that combo, is um, has had a lot of clinical study to help support uh, muscle recovery. So if you're training really hard and it's really taxing, and uh, you know, you've know you really been putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and you're feeling a little bit fatigued and a little bit tired, taking these ZMAs, ZMAs will help the recovery of the muscle via the use of both zinc and magnesium in that supplement. yeah, And it's healthy and you, everyone needs zinc and magnesium and
1: typically people don't have enough. It's big in the sports world, actually. A lot of athletes take um, ZMAs to help with recovery, so it's quite important. Um, And what what I do want to say quickly is that, guys, remember that these are just tips. So try and get what we've said first, which was your um, overall calories. Get that correct. Um, Make sure you're hitting your macros. And make sure you're measuring everything first. Get that right, and then start taking on board what we're saying with these tips. These are just tips; they're just to help. They're at the top of the um, the pyramid. They're not the, the big rocks. Exactly, and we just mention them because we
0: quite quite often get asked things such as protein shakes yeah. and creatine, so thought we'd mention it. Clear that. Cool. One. So that's fuel for growth. Second pillar, brewing, which is um, the training piece, right? So yeah. if you only do the first piece, you're just going to get fat. Let's just be clear. If you eat for growth and you don't train, you will just get fat. That extra energy's gotta go somewhere. It's gotta go somewhere, it's gonna get stored in your body. So, and that's obvious, people know they only grow their muscles through training, so what does training look like? Um, Training, um, and this is Bryn guiding me because he's the one who taught me all these principles. The key thing is, you wanna get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of stimulus Mm -hmm. and uh, muscle growth potential. And the way you do that is when you think about movements in the gym. Think about movements that are going to elicit the most amount of expenditure and use as many muscles as possible in one go. Yeah. And they're goodness. called compound lifting. And there's five of. Uh, there's probably a little few more, but the five key ones that are staple ingredients of anyone's workout program in that you'll see any bodybuilder or anyone who's focused on putting strength uh, in the system or general size on the body. They're going to do these five lifts what are they bring uh so you obviously got the squat deadlift bench press
1: overhead press and your row and the, the rowing can be bent over rows it could be any variations but we are mostly talking about working with the barbell here um but you can obviously do it with variations but let's keep it simple these five lifts you can do barbell back squat barbell bench press barbell overhead press Um, so just using these core these five core exercises they're going to be very beneficial they're going to burn a lot of energy they're going to get a lot the the recruitment from doing these big movements is so great that you're
0: breaking down a lot of muscle throughout these movements that's exactly it man so um also when you're doing these big compound lifts there's something aggressive in nature in doing them like if you think about a deadlift for those who don't know what a deadlift is, you've got the barbell on the floor with some weights on it, of course, and you just li- literally lift the bar from the floor and stand up with it and then put it back down. Now, the technique is quite uh, a little bit, <laughs> more, a little bit more detailed yeah. than that, yeah. but it's literally picking a bar off the floor yeah. and putting it back down again, right? But that, that elicits pretty much almost every single muscle in your body mm-hmm. to work to do that, right? From all of the posterior, which is the muscles of the back of your body, you know, from your hamstrings to your glutes to the lower back to the upper back to your shoulders to obviously your forearms, your chest biceps, is worked in yeah. there, your biceps are working, your core's having to brace. Basically everything is on is it's fired up good to if go. You think
1: about it, like even, even your calves are working, the little muscles in your feet are working. There's so much going on there that nothing's really being missed
0: here, and it just you know, it it just takes so much from your body. And that's a good point. So not only are you using lots of different muscles at all at the same time, so you're being yeah. efficient in your workout, um, that level of demand on your body increases the hormone growth factor. Yeah. So that's a hormone that's released when it's had that much kind of stress on the system. Mm-hmm. It releases a hormone that will elicit growth. Yeah. And you release more of that hormone, um, and IgF is never hormone when you train hard and heavy in compound lifting. More so when you do small little isolation movements where you're just training one little muscle and yeah. it's quite, a, you know, it's a low weight. When it's a heavy weight and you're using all your body, you are gonna elicit the greatest response from your body, which will grow quicker than anything else. I think it's really exactly. important point.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's really, that's kind of getting your, again, don't want to go into too much depth with this, but your nervous system is having to, to fire off on all cylinders. So it can be very taxing on the body, but because it's so taxing on the body, when you recover properly, which we'll cover in a second, the benefits to that are so great. Um, so obviously we're talking about these five lifts, but then we've got to now touch on progressive overload, right? So progressive overload, we, we did obviously a podcast on progressive overload. So if you want to know more about that, you can head back to what podcast was that? Number I think um, it was our training
0: mistakes and uh,
1: three big lessons. And two. Yeah, number um, three. So progress, just to cover that quickly, then progressive overload. To keep it in simple terms, is really adding more reps or adding more weight over time, and um, just like it is progressive overload. So that's quite important because you can be doing these, you know, these big five lifts if you're keeping the weight the same the reps the same then it's week after week you're not really going to see much change yeah you might do if you're a beginner but over time you'll just plateau so it's quite important that you're keeping an eye on all your weights and all your reps and sort of figuring out how you're going to move forward from there let's let's just let's just make that
0: really really simple for you your body is constantly trying to reach um balance yeah it's responding to the stress and stimulus that you're throwing at it, and it's, it's adapting accordingly. So, when you put stress on the body, in, in this instance, living, uh, lifting heavy shit beyond either your capacity or what you're used to, the body's response is to, you know, it breaks down some the muscle, then it builds some extra muscle to try and handle that same that. Yeah. stress that it anticipates it's gonna receive again. And that's great. But if you don't, if you, you'll get some newbie benefit of just lifting stuff up for the first time for the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep at an even keel and don't change the reps or the weights through time, your body will adapt and get used to that demand on it and it will stop growing. It'll be like, I've now got enough muscle to pick up that weight. So the only way it's going to add more muscle um, is if you then throw more weight at it or more work. Yeah, You have to work harder. There's higher stress levels. Oh, shit, I'm going to have to change again because my environment is changing. That really is it. So as you think about going in the gym, um, we're going to talk about a basic program in a second, but effectively you want to be thinking about adding just a little bit of extra weight every single week across as many lifts as possible, uh, but doing it safely and doing it uh, with good form. If you can't put weight on the bar, you're trying to get extra reps. Mm. And if you can't get extra reps, you're trying to get extra sets. Yeah. For any of your given lifts or exercises, you're focused initially on extra weight if you can handle it properly. If not, do an extra rep or two. Just Even if it's just one extra rep out of four sets for that given exercise, and that's the only progress you made that week on that one exercise, that is enough to elicit some change. Yeah. And then if you can't get the reps in, maybe add another set. So you do your fourth set. Maybe you stick a fifth set in there just yeah. to get some extra volume. And
1: something to keep in mind as well is it, you won't... Obviously, that's your aim because you're saying that's that's your aim when you go in the gym. However, it doesn't, as we know, always go to plan. Yes. Some days you might so be feeling tired. You might not have eaten well. You might have had a late night. So don't beat yourself up if you don't always manage to add more weight or, or add more reps. Such a good point. But it that it should be your focus, but if it doesn't happen, don't worry too yeah, much.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. If you if if you think right, you know, last week I stuck five kilograms extra on my bench. Yeah. I want to do the same this week, and you stick the five plate uh, extra five k on, and your your form turns to shit. You get one rep out, you can't get a second, and you need, need to aim for four to six. Okay, don't have an ego. Take the weight back off and try and do some extra reps yeah. for a- every given set. And then once you can get to a, 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 you know, you can hit the upper range of your reps, okay, I'm now ready to reintroduce that weight back. And maybe it's not 5K, maybe you only stick 2.5K on. Exactly. It doesn't matter. All, all that matters is that you are demonstrating to your body that every week you're putting increased demand on it in some way, shape, or form. Exactly, it's that yeah. principle. Totally so that's cool. progressive overload. I kind of touched on form... Uh, form a bit. But what's really important guys, and I've been here, is try not to fall victim to this idea of, you know, the ego lifts. Trying to put more weight or lift the biggest dumbbell you can just to show that you're strong or because you're nailing it or you're going you're going beast mode. Look, if you're doing things with bad form, a couple of things are going to happen. You're most likely, with enough bad form movement, you're going to hurt yourself at some point, and it's happened to me several times. And two, other, other muscles are going to have to compensate for the fact that the muscle yeah. you're actually trying to chain, uh, train uh, is insufficiently developed to handle the load you're throwing at it. So then other muscles start coming in. Like for example, if you're doing a chest press and you put too much weight on the bar, instead of your your, ch- your shoulders being back and firmly planted mm-hmm. onto the bench, They actually start lifting up and rolling forward. You start lifting your head up and you start lifting your butt up. You're doing everything you can to get that weight off your chest. But all these muscles weren't supposed to be in this game. Exactly, (laughs) They're not supposed to be doing this. It's
1: not sort of how much weight you can lift. It's how well you can lift that weight, isn't it? So can you lift that weight with good form? Yes. Then obviously you can progress. Keeping that form is just so important, guys. It's just form is is really is king isn't it that's the first thing we should work on is make sure our technique's good and then we add obviously weight to that and like you say you obviously um trying to avoid recruit um, faulty recruitment patterns when we're lifting um and we also want to avoid injury because if if you injure yourself because you're lifting too heavy shoulders around and forward in the bench press using you know you end up hurting your neck yeah and and then, then you're, you're out the of action for weeks, right? exactly. That's not that's counterproductive. And right now, we're talking about obviously putting on size. you last thing you want to do is get out of the you gym for a few it. weeks, exactly. So, what I
0: will say is form um, whilst the moves that you you, you know you Google, you look on YouTube, like what's a bench press look like, what does a squat look like. Um, one, is very many, very many variations of them, mm-hmm. but more importantly. They look simple, but they're highly technical to get right, and and to focus on developing so you can put more yeah. weight on the bar through time. You can get away with sloppy form if there's no weight on the bar. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start trying to progressively overload and you're starting to reach your limits, if you haven't got good form, it's going to really show itself. Yeah, I'm. We're not going to try and train you on how to practice those moves on this on this session. I would absolutely suggest either you get in touch with us or you find via the gym you're going to a reputable personal trainer to just put in a few sessions with them so they can tell you how to do it right and they can watch you do it so they can give you feedback if you're listening to what they're saying and your body's moving the right way. Yeah, uh, it's it's so worth
1: the investment, especially if you're starting out. To get it right from the beginning before you get into bad
0: habits, it's just worth spending the money absolutely 100%. so pl- please do try and get a couple of sessions in just so you understand how to do these lifts what so you
1: another thing i'd actually want to quickly touch on is um l- let's try and limit the cardio if we're trying to add size because cardio is obviously a, for me as an ectomorph that or a hard gainer that struggles put on weight the last thing i want to do is go and burn more energy by doing cardio um but The same goes for someone that's actually trying to cut as well. It's quite important that we use most of our training and do resistance training as opposed to cardio. Yes. Limit your cardio as much as possible. Cardio is fine, it's good. We did again, we did another podcast on cardio if you wanna, you know, listen to what we our thoughts on that. But I think if you just throw in a few hit sessions, whether that's at the end of your training, so I just want to explain what HIIT is actually. So HIIT is high intensity high intensity interval training. You can add that in at the end of your workout and let's say you jump on the treadmill and you can sprint for 30 seconds and then rest for 30 seconds and repeat that 10 times. So that's 10 minutes of work. You could do that a couple of times a week. That's more than enough. And oh, then you cool. might go on one or two recovery runs, which I, I like to do once or twice a week. Just go on a half an hour run. just makes me feel good. And whatnot. The but key, the key, you the key thing
0: you're saying there is, if we've worked so hard to ensure that you're getting enough calories in, and maybe you're someone who struggles to normally get calories in, but we've got you on a small extra buffer, mm-hmm. and then you burn that buffer up with the cardio that you do. Yeah, exactly. You've now just put yourself back to square square one, and you're not getting enough calories to support the growth. So, really, guys, I, I, I would say if you like the feeling of running then go for your life, but understand two things. It's taken away from the calories that you're using for muscle growth, and two, cardio, yeah. long sustained cardio is actually catabolic, it actually breaks down muscle versus building it up, yeah. and therefore the hit training thing is useful because hit training, sprint training specifically, all out short burst of, of, of high intensity work has actually got slight anabolic benefit, i.e. muscle growth, yeah. hence the reason you suggest it. Exactly. Okay, all right. Um, The only other thing I've got on 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 the head on the training piece before we give a basic view of what training could look like is frequency and consistency. So, So important. It's you've got to get you've got you've got to get in the gym every single week.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, if you're on holiday or there's a purposeful deload or a period of time where you you've decided not to train, that's fine and that's fine for a week or so but i absolutely if you're going to if you're serious about putting muscle on your frame and by the way this is a this is a multi year pursuit you'll see gains immediately but the body you want will take several years to achieve especially if you do it naturally the last thing you want to do is be sporadic in your training mm. be infrequent in your training and not have a plan right so you want a program that is a weekly program that puts you working four to five times a week and you want to be doing it every single week and that programming has to focus on you hitting your muscle groups that are important to you at least once a week, ideally twice a week. Yeah, You've got to get that consistency you've got to get that frequency because when your body doesn't receive the stress, after, after a period of time it starts to regress because it says hey, I don't need this muscle anymore. No. That that demand is not coming, That's not forthcoming so let's dial that back because Having muscle in my frame is, is costly. It takes more energy to keep muscle in my body. Yeah. I'd rather be as um, minimal muscle as possible. This is my body speaking. I'd be rather have as little muscle in my body as possible to survive because I have to burn less energy to survive. To s- sustain it. So when you're creating growth in your body and putting muscle in your frame it's costly to your body, and it will only keep it if it knows it needs it. Yeah. Therefore, you've got to be very consistent and hit that frequency. Yeah, again. that's so important.
1: Um, is that anything else you want to cover
0: on heavy compound lifting? I, I would just say, you know, we've, we, we've, we've said it already, but just to summarise, in terms of how you think about hitting the gym, get in the gym four days a week. Yeah. Think about, for, for the time being, do a day that's focused on your squats, a day that's focused on your bench press, a day that's focused on your deadlifts and a day that's focused on your overhead pressing supplement that with some extra exercises. You can go online or we can give you some basic programs of ancillary work, like work on your shoulders, work on, you know, and pull up ups, yeah. you know, work on your calves, some little small isolation movements on top of that. But the focus that day, when you go there, if it's bench day, you're going to put 80% of your effort in doing your bench, your bench workout. Yeah. And then you're going to throw in a couple of extra things just for some extra, extra Exactly. Weighting.
1: And any areas on your body that you feel are lagging, maybe it's your shoulders, you feel like they're, they're lagging behind your biceps or something, so you might work a little bit more on your, your shoulders um, and weak areas. So if you're struggling with your bench press, it might be worth you working a little bit more on your shoulders again, but also working on triceps. On triceps, yeah. um, Just throwing in these other exercises to help support that main lift
0: um, that you're doing each day. But if you literally go in the gym and you say, I'm gonna do it's it's my squat day today, I'm gonna to do four sets of anywhere between four and six reps. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be heavy. You can't do, you know, you can do more than three, but you can't do more than six. So you hit that four to six range. That's sweet spot. If you're hitting that, that's yeah. the strength range, and that's what's gonna elicit the most growth for the first year of your development. So four sets of four to six reps of that back squat lift as much weight as you can with good form, and then do two or three other exercises just to round out your workout with some of those other muscle groups related to your legs, for example, and you're done. You're done. You might, you may want to consider priming though, and priming simply is, when you're heavy, you're continuing to progressively overload and put more and more weight on the bar every week, you're, you're going to want to get ready to lift yeah. heavy. And getting ready is simple. You can Google mo- mobility or priming work, which is some basic body weight work to start opening up the limbs and getting used to the range of motion. And then you start progressively putting your weight onto the bar. So say, for example, you back squat 100 kilograms. Um, you're not going to go in, in your first lift, the first thing you do in the gym and put 100 kilograms on. You're going to move around a bit, do some lunges, do some opening up of your of your hips and kind of just move around a bit for five minutes, maybe do a walk. And then you maybe put fifty kilograms on yeah. the bar, and then seventy kilograms on the bar, then ninety. These are warm up sets. You just do a few up reps. up to your weight that you had last then week. Then get up to the weight you should be, and then you do yeah. your four sets of four to six reps. If you can do seven reps, you put more weight on. If you can only do three, take weight off. You want to stay within the four to yeah. six.
1: Don't, don't be one of these guys who walks into the gym and sticks 20 plates on without any warm-up whatsoever. 20 sure plates, 20 yourself. kilograms on each side and then just start benching it. I say guys because it is mostly guys I see do this when they walk in the gym. Um, it priming your body is just so important, like you say. So totally agree. Cool. All right. um, I suppose that, that moves us on to the, the last um, pillar, which is rest and recovery.
0: Yep, so we've covered... Growth, uh, fueling for growth. We've spoken about training and the concepts of heavy heavy lifting yeah. and compound lifting. Rest and recovery is the final piece that kind of closes, you know, wraps is, this up. And and we
1: haven't put this in in order of least importance. Um, rest and recovery is just as important as the heavy lifting. It's so so important, guys. So just making sure that you listen to this last bit as well taking that on board and making sure that this
0: is also one of your main priorities. So let me let me start with that and then key off, Bryn. Yeah. So you'll, you'll understand the concept of when, when you train in the gym, you're actually damaging your body. Yeah. Right? It is not, you're not growing in the gym, you're actually causing damage in the gym. Now it's purposeful damage, you are trying to create micro tears in your muscle. You're not trying to create... Lot big tears and big issues with your tendons and ligaments mm-hmm. it's not that kind of damage but you're creating micro tears in your muscle fibres purposefully yeah you're not growing in the gym you're destroying your muscles in the gym mm-hmm. those muscles say for example you do a bench press on a Monday you would not then go and do bench press on the Tuesday you might not even want to try it on a Wednesday you need 48 to 72 hours of recovering big muscle groups yeah before you push them again because that's how long it takes for those those uh, micro tears to mm-hmm. be recovered through the protein that you consume yeah. synthesizing them. And, and
1: d- some uh, different people recover quicker than others so some people might only take you know 48 hours and then they can go hit it again. Um, me personally I have to wait a little bit longer I, I'm always sore for quite a long time Yeah. Um, and also it depends on what part you know you know if you've got a stressful life then obviously that's going to be another sort of, slow, of down body your that's going to slow down the recovery. So just taking that into account. So,
0: so you want to leave two to three days before touching a big muscle group again. Uh, it's really important that recovery piece is right. Now, this, this, is, this is the key piece around rest and recovery. You damage yourself in the gym. You grow yourself in the kitchen and in the bed. That's really how you want to think about it. Damaging the gym, you're getting bigger with what you eat and how much rest you take. So when we talk about rest, we're talking about two things. Not lifting weight. So when you're building your program together, you want to be training four to five times a week. Yeah. And two days of no lifting. Now that might you might still want to do some cardio if you if you, you enjoy it. You might want to do some walking, you might want to do some like stretching and mobility stuff. Maybe this is a day you do yoga. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, right? You can take the day off and do nothing or you can, you can build in something which is just lightweight; It's a non-tax on your body. But you do need two days off because those days are gonna be where you, you, you start to recover from the demand on your nervous system and your body. However, I think on top of that, and more importantly, sleep is the piece that you need to know. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't get this. I didn't get this for the majority of my training career, um, time. I've not been someone who's respected sleep. Mm. I've been someone who who feels I can operate on four to five hours a day, and I can wake up and just continue to perform. You know, a high stress job and all the demands of my so life. So
1: thought.
0: <laughs> However, once I started realising that I was working hard in the gym, I started to dial in my my calories and my consumption. Yeah. Yet the gains still felt too slow. I started to experiment with sleep and a couple of things happened. When I started getting my seven to eight hours of quality sleep, I I found I was more refreshed, had more energy than I realized I was missing, felt more cognitively aware and I felt I could push harder in the gym, so I had more to give. But the second thing is, I was allowing my body to rebuild itself. Mm -hmm. That real rebuilding piece um, happens somewhat when you're awake, It mostly happens when you're asleep. When your body's comatized and it's not moving is when all your body goes to work in this parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and recover nervous system, kicks into overdrive when everything else has slowed down. Your brain's not functioning. Your body's not moving. That's when the recovery men come out and start putting this all back together again start getting to work 7-8 to hours guys is what you need if you're doing under 7 you are wasting potential would you agree? 100% 100%. it's so so important and this
1: is something like you said you struggled with and now you understand how important it is so you can speak
0: first hand on that and when I don't and you know recently I've been not getting enough sleep again because you know a a couple of stresses at work and stuff I can feel it yeah. in my performance in the gym and I just know I'm taking away. I'm working my nuts off in the gym and I know I'm taken away from my gains because I'm yeah. just not recovering as much as I should. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing to think about is is
1: um, whether you're programming for yourself or someone else programming for you, make sure there is some form of a deload in that program. So we might... And a deload basically means that you have a week or... or might be four days let's say, where you reduce the weight or you reduce the reps or you might just have a week off completely from training. It's so, so important that we have that time to give back to our body as opposed to taking away and breaking our body down all the time. So just making sure that there is some form of deload. This can be, again, this will differ from person to person. Some people need to deload every, let's say, three weeks. because that build-up of fatigue hits them quicker than someone else. Someone else might be able to train about six weeks, maybe even eight weeks until they need a deload. Mm-hmm. But it's just, some,
0: it's just so important to put this into your program at some point. And you know, my, my guidance with my own experience, once you start getting into the gym and you're enjoying the progress, there's, there's this emotional connection of, I don't want to stop working out. Yeah. Because if I stop working out, then I'm just, wasting, just, a wh- just... I'm wasting, I'm wasting a week and maybe I'll start actually, you know, losing stuff. <laughs> so, and, and that's, okay. that's important. You do need to acknowledge there's that emotional pull. And what I there, therefore do is I don't really do much deload, but I, I listen to my body. So instead yeah. of forcing it into the program every four or eight weeks, I just basically go, List, listen, am I... Am I Am I progressing? If I'm not progressing, or I'm feeling really tired, or I'm feeling really beaten up, or I'm starting to get overly stressed, um, that's a sign I might need to take a few days off. So when when do you return?
1: Will you return when you start feeling ready? I'll go, just, I'll take... I, I need two days? I'll take or? three to five days okay.
0: out. Yeah. So I take two days off anyway, every week. Yeah. So I might extend that and double it. So it'll be like four days of not hitting the gym. And that for me is enough, so I don't feel like I'm losing out. But it's enough time to say actually my body needs it. I can mm-hmm. see my performances going down the pan. Um, I'm feeling crap. Yeah. You know I'm sleeping really poorly because my body's always damaged, and I'm and I'm constantly in this rebuild mode. So yeah. When you're asleep, you can't, you can't, you can't rest. Yeah. When those things happen, I know I need to take some time yeah. out. But don't feel. It needs to be every four weeks or every eight weeks. It needs to be as often as your body needs. And if I'm honest, in the first year or first two years, you are not lift, lifting the level of weight where you have that much demand on your body where you nice. need to do it frequently. It doesn't have to be that frequent, but do it as often as you feel your body needs. Going on a holiday is a great time to not work out. Um, you know, every couple of months. Or when you do a cut, for example, mm-hmm. you might think about, working out in a slightly different way because you're not going to be able to lift as heavy. Yeah. And that might be a form
1: of deload. Exactly. And it just gives you that mental break as well. It gets you out of the gym, gives you a break,
0: gets you away from it. Brilliant. I think we've done this one to death. I think we've done a good job. Yeah. I think we've done a good job. So, so guys, Takeaway you might want to listen to this a couple of times because there was so much gold here, right? We have helped keep it simple, but provide the detail and answer many of the questions that come our way in the things to focus off if you're getting off to the races for the first time and taking putting you know creating a bigger leaner stronger body um, in a in a focused and purposeful way you're going to focus on getting enough calories you're going to focus on lifting heavy shit and doing it frequently and consistently yeah. and you're going to not disrespect the need to fully rest and fully recover and get the sleep you need so the body grows the way you want it to be ahead of the game that's it guys listen um Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge really to help you improve and optimise your strength, your health and your mindset inside and out. I hope you've enjoyed today and we'll speak to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. And if you did, please do us a massive favour and give us a five-star ratings on iTunes. That helps with our search visibility and our ranking. Um, And whilst you're at it, tell a friend, tell a family member, Tell someone who you think we may be able to help with some form of guidance as it relates to strength, health and mindset.